I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about this and tell you that God doesn't uh, grade uh, your prayers. Uh, he doesn't expect your prayers to be perfect and, uh, um, or trivial. And so prayer is uh, time spent with God. So, uh, and there's different types of prayers. So today we're going to talk about three things because the, the subject is so wide that I, I want to talk about three things. First, I'm going to uh, show you the first prayer in the Bible, first prayer ever. Then I'm going to spend a little bit of time uh, showing you how Jesus prayed or the ingredients of Jesus' prayers. And then I'm going to uh, conclude talking about the last prayer in the Bible. Okay, are you following me? Amen. So let's get started. What is the first prayer in the Bible? And there's an argument about this. Because prayer is communication with God. And the first time we see communication with God is Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, after uh, um, uh, Eve and uh, Adam took of the uh, forbidden fruit, uh, they hide and there was a conversation with God. Uh, but this doesn't fall into what we call a pattern of prayer. Uh, so it was a conversation, uh, a very serious conversation with God, uh, a face-to-face -face, uh, conversation. But uh, uh, in fact, the first uh, prayer that we see in the Bible, it's uh, a prayer of intercession when Abraham uh, intercedes for, uh, two, uh, for a group of cities, for cities that exist in the plains, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's one of those dark episodes in the Bible when God brings judgment and through his judgment a lot of people died. So there's destruction of cities. So it's a harsh judgment of God. And uh, before that judgment of God, God informs Abraham, uh, his son, uh, his uh, favorite He's a favorite human being, his friend, the father of faith. So God decides to inform him of what he's about to do ahead of time. We know that um, Abraham's nephew, Lot, lives there, lives in, in Sodom. And um, uh, these uh, cities are uh, so uh, sinful, they, they have so many troubles that uh, e even today, up to today, they're mentioned as places of sin and identified with different types of sin. In fact, there were five towns in the plains uh, that God was bringing judgment. Sodom, Gomorrah, and there's other two towns, Adma or Adama and Zeboim, and there's another city called Bela. So from these five cities, one was spared, the last one, Bela. The, the first four, Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, or, and Zebuim, they were all destroyed by fire. So the judgment of God came and they were uh, completely destroyed. When we say destroyed by fire, it's not that someone ignited a fire. This is fire that fell from heaven. We don't know in what form. Uh, but we could compare this uh, in our days to a nuclear bomb uh, like wiping out a city. It's the, it's the closest comparison we can have 
with uh, today's technology, but this wasn't a matter of technology. This was God bringing judgment. And so in Genesis 18, we find the first prayer in the Bible, which is a prayer of intercession. So God informs Abraham uh, of this destruction. And so Abraham engages into a prayer of intercession with God. So uh, he tells God, well, God, will you destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? By other words, will the righteous people pay for the sins of the unrighteous people? Don't they deserve an opportunity? And God tells him, sure, I, I take that in consideration. And so the, the conversation or the intercession starts with Abraham saying, well, God, if there are 50 righteous people, wouldn't you spare the city? And God answers the prayer. God says, of course I would. If there's 50, I will not destroy the city. And so here starts the bargain. You know, I have uh, uh, some Jewish uh, background <laughs> in my family. And, and so, you know, Jewish people, they, they like to uh, bargain. They like to negotiate. So that's part of the culture. You know, if you go to a store and they tell you this is $100, they mark it 100 because the real price is 70 or 55 But they want to bargain, so you think you made a good deal. But uh, so th this is uh, built in, in in the culture. And so he bargains 45 and, and uh, after. And, and then he bargains 40. And then he bargains 30. He, he's telling God, what about if there's 30? Uh, God says, well, if there's 30, I will not destroy the city. Uh, what about if there's 20? So uh, he goes first on increments of 5. And then he sees this is working. Let's go in increments of 10. And so he arrives to 10. And when he arrives to 10, uh, it says that God said, if there, was if there is 10, I will not destroy it. And God left the scene. So, so there, there, it's an extensive conversation that you can read in Genesis 18. I told you the story for the sake of our time here. But this is what happened. Verse 23, uh, talking about this, it says, Abraham drew near or came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? So this is how the, in, the prayer starts, the first prayer in the Bible. So notice a few things. One of the things I would like you to notice is that Abraham drew near or came near. So, so he had to approach God. So it's like God spoke to him. We don't know physically where they were. We just know that Abraham draw uh, or came near God. This expression is found later in the New Testament where it says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So this is a principle of prayer. If you want to pray and if you want God to listen to your prayer, come near God. Because there's people that are so far away from God and they sometimes pray. You know, even uh, atheists pray. I've seen atheists praying. When in trouble, they pray. <laughs> and uh, in fact, I was one of them. I, didn't, uh, uh, I, I, I really didn't believe in God. But in my time of trouble... I prayed, and God answered. And that's how I became a believer. 
It's not because someone told me. It's because I had a first-hand experience of praying and seeing an answer to my prayer. And I was surprised. I was shocked. I said, wow, so God is real. So if you want to believe in God for, by seeing what God does, come near God. <laughs> and you may ask, where do I go near God? Well, that, that's why we're here in church. Uh, it's not because God is only here, but as we come to church, it's God's house and we're coming near. So when you come near, God listens to our prayer. Another aspect that I want you to see in this first prayer in the Bible is that Abraham is not asking for himself. He's praying for Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, during the early days of the church, Sodom was identified with a place of sin, and one of the sins was uh, uh, homosexuality, that we cannot say today that is a sin, because that's a sin to the world, <laughs> not a sin to God. But uh, it was identified, that's why we use the word Sodom or Sodomite to identify uh, a practice of uh, male homosexuality. So I don't want to go into this, but I, I just need to bring you the subject so we will know that there was uh, sin in those cities. One of those sins being that one, but it, it's not like we can grade those sins. They had multiple sins. They weren't uh, 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 an, an, like a nice people. It was a really bad neighborhood, violent. Uh, they were, there was a dictatorship. There were sins in leadership. There were all kinds of sins. Being the main one, they didn't care about God. Okay? So if someone tells you, oh, it's because they were uh, homosexual. No. That's not the reason why God destroyed the city. God destroyed those cities because of the multiple sins. It was just in the Middle Ages that someone made a correlation, and up to today, that name Sodom is used for uh, different uh, types of uh, sexual behavior. So uh, this is just a, a parenthesis, so you'll understand the story. But what's happening here, truly, is that there are cities in the plain. Uh, the plain is a, it's an area uh, of, uh, of that region where those cities are located. Those are powerful cities. They're wealthy places. They were, they were uh, agricultural, rich in commerce, in everything, but they didn't care about God and came to a point that God said, this is it. This is too much for me. How much is too much for God? We don't know. We, listen, I've lived in places of great sin, <laughs> in sinful cities. Uh, I visited uh, sinful places, places that are even called by the inhabitants sin city. There's a few uh, in the world that uh, they call themselves sin city. Uh, uh, being, uh, well, now Montreal, it's one of the places that many people call it sin city because of all the industry of pornography, gambling, multiple things that exist here. They're kind of in the height, but they're here, <laughs> the headquarters of many of these uh, sinful activities. So certain people say, oh, we're in Las Vegas, that's Sin City. We're in Montreal, in Paris. I was talking with one of you at the beginning of the service. And, um, uh, you know, I had family in Paris, and I remember uh, the radio broadcast 
uh, in the city uh, being done by people that identify themselves as Satan or Lucifer. They'll say in the radio, uh, Bonjour, ici Lucifer, bonne journée pour vous. And uh, so they, they make it like fun to, have, to be a sin city. But there's a point in which God says this is too much. And God destroys the city. But God gives an opportunity. And one of the th other things in this uh, prayer is that God didn't answer the prayer. Well, he answered the prayer. Didn't answer how Abraham wanted. Because Abraham, remember, he asked, do not destroy the city. What happened? God destroyed the city. Not just one, but four. So God answered. He just didn't give the answer that Abraham was expecting. <laughs> but he answered in a different way. In fact, God decides to save Lot and his family. And if you read the story, he sends angels to bring them out of there. And uh, in fact, they come out of there. Uh, there's the story that as they're running away and God is destroying the city... Uh, Lot's wife decides to look back, and as she looks back, she dies. She's petrified or transformed in a pillar of salt. So that tells you what, uh, how strong was the, that fire from heaven, what type of destruction. It was something uh, truly horrible. There's no volcanoes in the area. I don't know if you ever visited Pompeii. In Italy, I was there, was so shocked because people were literally transformed in, in statues of stone of, uh, with the, the lava uh, covered their bodies. And uh, you can see statues of dogs, people hugging. It's, it's terrible when a city is destroyed by fire. And, and so this is that situation. Uh, but uh, uh, in the context of the prayer, let me tell you that sometimes... God doesn't answer exactly as we pray. <laughs> so that's the first prayer that I identify in the Bible. If you have an idea of another prayer, that's the first one. Please let me know. I'd like to know. But uh, uh, this is what I identify that has the characteristics of a first prayer. And it's a prayer that is answered, but God answers with a no. So when you pray, if God says no doesn't mean that he didn't answer. He answered. Only the answer is not what you want. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> so sometimes people say, oh, I prayed and God didn't answer. Look well. Analyze well the, the situation. Because sometimes not answering is also an answer. <laughs> Okay, so let me move a little bit further. But in Genesis 19, it says, So he, it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. And again, these are cities that are mentioned uh, several times in the, in the New Testament. Jesus uh, mentioned these cities twice. And uh, mentioning that there will be judgment of God like in the days of, of, uh, of Lot, of Abraham. And, and so the, the end times, also the prophetic end times 
that we expect to happen uh, have similarities with uh, these uh, cities. So let, let I, I spent so much time here. Let me go a little bit faster. And I'm going to mention now the prayers of Jesus. So let's keep this subject of prayer. There's multiple prayers. Again, on my evening devotional, I'm going to mention powerful prayers. The prayer of Elijah, fire came from heaven, prayers of Moses, prayers of David. I'm going to mention this during the week. But today, let me mention the prayers of Jesus. Because Jesus was in constant communication with, the, with God the Father. The Father was the center of his life. And I want to mention five aspects of uh, Jesus' prayer life. First one, Jesus prayed alone. Luke 5. 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So Jesus prayed alone. Second aspect of Jesus' prayers, he prayed with others. Not only he prayed alone, but it says in Matthew 18, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And uh, this is a verse that I can quote. I can quote multiple in which he prayed with other people present or even with other people. He prayed before a meal. In Luke 24, when he was at the table with them, took bread, gave thanks. And he broke it and gave, gave it to them. So, so Jesus uh, prayed before a meal. Another aspect, he prayed for others. Uh, John 17, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. And finally, Jesus prayed also for us. In John 17, he says, my prayer is not for them alone, for these people. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Do you believe in Jesus? If you do, he prayed for you. So these are five aspects of uh, Jesus' prayer life. And why is this important? Because if we are followers of Jesus, we should pray like Jesus. In fact, in my evening devotional, I'm going to teach one of the, um, one of the devotionals uh, uh, two disciples approached Jesus and they, they told him, Master, teach us to pray how uh, the same way John the Baptist uh, did with his disciples. We want to learn how you pray, your, uh, the success of your prayer. Because Jesus' prayers were so successful. Are you following me? So, so it's important that we pray like Jesus. I'm going to conclude this message this morning and I'm going to mention now the last prayer in the Bible. So the last prayer in the Bible is in the book of Revelation. It's a prayer done by John, not John the Baptist, but John the Evangelist, John the Apostle. He wrote the book of Revelation or Apocalypsis, uh, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And uh, in Revelation 22 and verse 20, he has this final prayer. He says, come, Lord Jesus. Very short prayer. Three words. Come, Lord Jesus. And this can be a prayer of hope. It can be a prayer of despair. It depends on the situation that you're in. But this is a prayer in the Bible. A short prayer. Three words. Come, Lord Jesus. There's a uh, some translations that keep it in the original language, which, which says Maranatha. That's one word. <laughs> it's a short prayer. Maranatha. Come Lord Jesus. And uh, in this, the context of uh, John's prayer, 
he uh, describes the whole revelation he received in the island of Patmos uh, regarding end times and regarding the, the uh, things of heaven and the revelation, who Jesus is, all these things. And when he concludes, he says, come Lord Jesus. Why? Because Christianity, the Muslim world, the, Isl the Islamists and the Christians and the Jews, they're all waiting for the coming of the Messiah. In the case of Christians and Muslims, we're waiting for the second coming of Jesus. That's part of our Christianity and a great part of the Islamic faith. Muslims are waiting for the coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus. Jews are waiting for the first coming of the Messiah. So there's an event about to, to happen that all the main religions that are monotheistic, that believe in one God, identify as the same event. And this event is the coming of the Messiah or the returning of the Messiah in another condition or in a different context. But um, so if you're watching online, if you are a Muslim or if you're a Christian or if you're a Jew, we're all waiting for the same thing. And what thing is it? It's what's described in the last prayer of the Bible. Come, Lord Jesus. Now, we can do this prayer for ourselves. And I did this prayer in moments of great despair. I didn't want to live anymore. I, I, my life uh, wasn't the, the greatest or in the greatest uh, of times. And I was so unhappy, so... Uh, so much in trouble and despair that I, I told God, God, I'm sick and tired of living. It's over for me. But he had a different idea. But I did this prayer in despair. Now, I enjoy life greatly. God bless me so much. I have such a great family and friends. It's so great to be alive. With COVID or no COVID, it's great to be alive. It's fantastic. But I do the same prayer now, not out of despair, but out of the desire that God will take control of the world. And so that's the prayer, come Lord Jesus. So in conclusion, we need to pray. It's not just a choice. It's kind of an obligation. <laughs> uh, so, because some people tell me uh, at times, I, 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 you know, they ask me for prayers. And I pray, but I, I sometimes ask, why don't you pray yourself also? Uh, no problem, you know. Oh, because you're a, a pastor, so that's your job. Fine, that's my job, but it's not just exclusive of people that serve God full time. Prayer is for everybody. So we are all called to pray. And the, the last scripture I want to quote is in 1 Timothy 2. This is the, the instructions of Paul to his uh, uh, disciple Timothy. And he tells him, I urge you, first of all, can you repeat with me? First of all. First of all, okay, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Okay, what, what does this mean, actually? 
uh, it says first of all. So when something is first of all, is it important or is it unimportant? It's very important. So above anything else, first of all, what do you need to do? Pray. Not just pray, but pray for all people. So it's not that you pray for yourself, that we know how to do. Oh, God, I need to pay my bills. Lord, I know I have back pain. Uh, God, you know my uh, situation. I need a job. God, I need money. And God, I need a lot. Yeah? <laughs> we know how to pray like that, eh? Yes, and God, you know, just bless my children. Bless it. When you bless your children, now you're starting to pray for others. But it's not just a selfish type of prayer that you call to do. But notice it says, pray for all people. This is a politically correct translation because the King James says for all men. But uh, in Canada, we don't pray for men. We pray for people. That's an inside joke. <laughs> it says pray for all people. In fact, it's not for men. It's men, women, everybody. Pray for people. Pray for everybody. First of all, pray for everybody. So first of all, you don't pray for you. First of all, you pray for others. And then uh, mentions different types. Pray, ask, and intercede. So those are different types of prayers. Remember the first prayer in the Bible? What did Abraham do? He didn't say, oh God, you're going to destroy the, the cities. Tell me when so I won't be there. That, that would be a good prayer, eh? <laughs> God, tell me when. What, what day so I won't be in, in Sodom or Gomorrah? Tell me the day, God. So, no, that's not a prayer. He prays, and he prays for people that are out of his scope. He prays for sinners yeah. first. <laughs> and he says, God, do not destroy everybody, you know, at least for the sake of the ones that may be there that are righteous. Listen, we're, we're here, we're more than 10, thank God. We're more than 10 here. And I consider yourself justified people, like righteous. And uh, I thank God because God is not destroying Montreal because of you. <laughs> so if we're in a small group of Christians or a small church or in the context, uh, you know, a home group or whatever, even if you're just a small bunch, a small group of people, know this. It doesn't matter how much sin it, it exists where you live because of you. God is keeping the city. <laughs> Isn't that great? And even if there's no 10 people, even if it's just you, Lot came out. He had uh, daughters. We know he had daughters. And, uh, and so he left with his daughters and the wife. The wife wanted to go back. That's too bad. But he was saved. So in this world, even if there's something dramatic that happens, a war, earthquake, whatever it is, don't think it's the judgment of God whenever there's a tragedy. Because it's not always the judgment of God. But sometimes it is. 
But if it's the judgment of God, God is going to supernaturally protect you. All right? So that's a comfort. That's good to know. But first of all, you need to pray for people. Let's say you live in a neighborhood that has lots of uh, crack houses, drug dealers, prostitutes. It's a bad neighborhood. Thank God you're there. Because you're there to make a difference. So pray for all people. Pray for all people. Pray for those people. And that's our role as Christians. So this is the end of my message. I just wanted to talk about the first prayer. I mentioned the way Jesus prayed. And I just touched the surface. Uh, and uh, I mentioned the last prayer in the Bible. I'm going to invite you to stand. And I want to pray with you. And my prayer is that uh, if you don't have a, a strong prayer life, that you'll discipline yourself to pray. You know, something we do, we have a, a prayer every Tuesday night. We do it online. And we have a, a small group of people that gathers for one hour and we pray. Sometimes we don't really know what to, everything to pray for. So we improvise in the sense that we allow the Holy Spirit you know, to guide us. And if someone has a burden in their heart, we pray for that burden. And we pray for different people. We pray for people we don't know. <laughs> we pray for people that ask us uh, to pray for. And, and so that, first of all, that's we, what we need to do. So if you want to have a successful spiritual life, pray. Pray. And the prayers don't have to be nice in the sense they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be correct in terms of doctrine, whatever. God listens to prayers. God listens to prayers. I had people that tell, oh, you cannot pray like this. Oh, you, uh, because, uh, oh, you cannot pray uh, giving orders to angels. Or you cannot pray doing this. You cannot pray doing that. Listen, God listens to prayers. Even people that pray to Mary, God listens to those prayers. And now I shocked you. <laughs> but that's the reality of God. Even people that are praying to whoever, to Muhammad, you know, God in his mercy looks at the heart and says, okay, I think he's praying to me, but he doesn't know me. He just knows Mary. So I'm going to answer that prayer. It's not that the Hail Mary, a Hail Mary is a correct prayer because it's not. It's not. Jesus said, when you pray, you do like this. You pray to God that I call my Father. So you pray to the Father in heaven. That's the correct prayer. But some people don't know better. So they will pray a Hail Mary. Or they will pray to St. Christopher. Or to St. Andrew. Or St. Mary of the Agony. Or whatever. Whatever they, they pray. God still listens to those prayers. Now, I'm glad that you know better than to pray to saints because that's not uh, how we should pray. Because those people, even though they had holy lives, they were people like you and me. Mary was a person like you and me. She had a special grace. But uh, that grace doesn't give her the power to answer our prayers. 
But if you do a wrong prayer, God still answers those prayers. I know this by experience. <laughs> because I didn't know how to pray. And God started to answer. And then I thought, I need to learn better. So I did like the disciples. Jesus, can you teach me how to pray? Okay, read the scripture and you learn. So from scripture, we will learn to do more effective prayers and to direct our prayers to God. Not to saints, not to prophets, but to God. Not to angels, but to God. And, and, and so you can learn about it. So we, I invite you to join us uh, on Tuesdays on Zoom. We do this prayer from different uh, uh, pr places. We, we get together online and we pray. But we can pray here. And this morning, I finish with this prayer. I hope I didn't offend you too much because that's not my intention. Uh, but um, some people get offended with um, certain things. This can, can look like offensive, that God can answer a, a wrong prayer. He can. I, I'm telling you, he can. Because he loves you so much. But then, if you do it, something wrong, don't keep doing it wrong. Learn to do it right. Okay? Is that okay? Amen. All right. So, Lord, I pray for everyone here, everyone watching online. God, teach us how to pray. As the disciples approached you and, and you told them, you will pray like this. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Give us our daily bread. Give us provision. And God, don't let us fall into temptation, but protect us from evil. And Lord, we want to learn these principles of prayer. But above all, we know we have to pray. And in our prayer, you told us to intercede to, to, to you on behalf of all men. And so, God, we pray tonight, uh, this morning. We pray, Lord, for our cities. We pray for the places where we live. And, God, there's so much sin in this world. But you've placed us in the midst of this sin to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth. So use us, God. And God, we want to pray for the leadership of our nations. We pray, Lord, that you'll give us a quiet life that will, uh, will be allowed to spread the message of the gospel. That we'll have opportunities to do so. And use us for our uh, uh, a lifetime, Lord. Use us in this world so we can do like Father Abraham, like the father of faith, and we can intercede, even bargain with you if, need, if we need to. And God, we, we pray, Lord, and intercede for the salvation of, of our cities, that you bring a great transformation in our cities, that people will be spared from the destruction that will happen. And God, we pray also the prayer of John. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, and God, allow us to be prepared for your second coming. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I hope you've learned something this morning. God bless you all. We say goodbye to our friends online. God bless you all. And to all of you here, if you need specific prayer for yourself, I'm going to stay here. I would like to pray for you. So if you need prayer, or you can also tell Harry, Harry, 
Just do like this. You can tell Harry if you have a prayer request. So uh, we'll pray about it 